Welcome back to Medrash Shumaisa, sharing a story or stories connected to the upcoming Parsha, and sometimes, as in this week, to the events of the week. Before we get to Rav Chaim Kanievsky Zatzal, who passed away this week, I'd like to tell a couple of stories about the world that he grew up in and that he lived in, and draw a thread that connects the different um, personalities and events we're about to describe. After World War II, in 1948, a group of 1,000 children who had survived the concentration camps were transported to Israel via Tehran. That was how they were known as Yaldei Tehran. When they came to Israel, there was great competition among different political parties and movements. Who would take care of these children? Who would educate these children? The Panavajarov of Shlomo Yosef Kahaneman fought with all of his strength to get as many children as he could to receive a Torah education. He managed to get 30 children, and he founded a school, which was really also an orphanage, that he called Bote Ovas, right next to the yeshiva of Panavaj that he had founded in Bnei Brak not long before. There, he hired a very special woman named Mrs. Munk, who was described by the Chazanish as one woman like her in the entire world who took care of the children with incredible mysterious nefesh. The Panavizhorov would sit with the children, would listen to them, embrace them, wipe their tears. Rav Shmuel the great Magidshir of Panavish, would come to learn olive bays with each child, spending two hours a day doing these things. This was the act of comfort that the entire world of the Torah scholars of Bnei Brak invested in. There was a story, though, about one boy who had a particular difficulty. His name was Moti, and he refused to change his clothes. He refused to bathe or shower. Mrs. Munk tried everything she could. Eventually, she told the Rav, what do we do? The Panavajar Rav tried speaking to him again. The boy said, no, I will not take my clothes off. They went with him to the house of the Chazanish who lived nearby. The Chazanish tried asking him. He said, Mati, why? He said, because if I take my clothes off, they'll be stolen. The Chazanish said, but Mrs. Munk, well, look after your clothes. He said, I don't trust her. He said, the Panavajarov, here, he will look after your clothes. He said, I don't trust him either. And then the Chazanish said to him, he said, Moti, I have never told a lie in my entire life. I will watch over your clothes. Will you trust me? And he said, I will trust you. So he went with Mrs. Munk back to the dormitory. She brought him new pajamas. He took off those clothes and went to bathe and shower in the Chazanish's house. As soon as he went in, the Chazanish and the Panavizhorov took the clothes and immediately started washing them by hand. The water had to be changed multiple times. When Mati came out clean and shiny and smelling good, he asked immediately, where are my clothes? The Chazanish told him, Mati, all of your clothes are here. They're just still wet. We're washing them. You're going to sleep in my house tonight, and then I'll return them to you tomorrow. That boy grew up to become a Talmud in Kol Chazanish and build a beautiful family. What we see are the greatest minds in the Torah world putting all of their strength and talent into comforting 
those children. Now, the action that he was doing then is described in Hebrew in the Lashon HaKodesh's Lhargia, to comfort and to calm the children. I noticed in one of the books describing the life of Reb Chaim Kanievsky, some of the aspects, even during his lifetime, it was well known that he spent a large part of his life giving brachas to Am Yisrael. All types of people, from every community imaginable, every type of person, every type of need. And someone asked him once about this, and he expressed it in the following way. He said, I'd like to read it to you as I have it here in this Sefer. He said, Baruch Hashem, Hashem zikauti b'mitzvah shani mevarech v'zemargiyat ha'anashim. He said, Baruch Hashem, Hashem gave me the merit of having a mitzvah that I give people brachas and this comforts them, this calms them. It's interesting that a beautiful article came out this week from a non-Torah observant professor who had decided to visit Reb Chaim and see what this phenomenon was about. And he remarked on the fact of seeing so many people who were clearly wounded, downtrodden, suffering, worrying, coming out after that bracha that he gave, looking hopeful, uplifted, calmer. The very idea that he was giving them the bracha was telling them that they're not alone and that there was hope and that he believed in that brighter future and that he was with them. That was the calming that was done. Now, I wondered why he described it as a mitzvah. Which mitzvah? can certainly go under the umbrella of the mitzvah of chesed, but I think perhaps there's something else there as well. One of our mitzvahs is valach bidrochov, to go in the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We find that word lahargia, to comfort and to calm down in a variety of places. One of the most famous psukim is in Yirmiyohu, the beginning of Perak Lamed Aleph, the Malbim explains this as describing the future Geula. When Am Yisrael will be in the Midbar, in the desert of Golos, of suffering, Am survivors of tremendous persecution. And HaKadosh Baruch will come to us, to comfort us, to calm us. The Malbim says, that that word lahargia refers specifically not to physical comfort, but to spiritual comfort. He says, menucha. It's related to menucha, but it's the menucha hapnimita nafshit. It's the inner spiritual menucha. He brings psuki magoal nafshechem. He says, menucha saguf, but magoa. Lanefesh, to comfort, is that which is done in the soul. Reb Chaim, in looking at what he spent so much of his day, so much of his valuable time doing with the bracha, was to be a comforter of Amiso, of individuals, of the tzibur, of thinking and caring about them and letting him them know that he was there with them, and trying to channel the power of his tremendous Torah learning and Shmiras Mitzvahs to bring merit that would be able to improve their lives. All of us have to try at some point, in whatever way we can, to comfort those around us. How does it tie into this week's parsha?
The very building of the Mishkan was an act of comfort for Amiso. Just before the Shechina came and appeared in the Mishkan in this week's parasha, Rashi describes that Am Yisrael were very worried. It says all the seven days of the Miluim, Moshe Rabbeinu was putting up the Mishkan and taking it down, and the Shechina had not come and appeared in the Mishkan. V'hoyu Yisrael nichlomim, Am Yisrael were ashamed. V'omrim the Moshe, they said to Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu, kol atorachshetorachnu, all of this work that we've done, that the Shekhinah should come and dwell among us, and that will let us know that we've been forgiven, that we've atoned for the Cheta Egel. So Moshe Rabbeinu told them, This is what's going to be done. My brother Aaron is more Choshev than me. Through his avodah, through his korbanos, the shechina will come. You will know that Hashem chose Aaron, and that Aaron's avodah and the bracha that he gives to Am Yisrael here will bring you that comfort of knowing that you've been forgiven. Comfort's a tremendous thing, and it's something that can't be achieved just by physical means. It has to be something that's transmitted to the person in the way that helps. Rav Chaim had that mastery with people he often never knew, perhaps saw once and never saw again. And yet thousands, countless thousands, were comforted by his brachas, aside from the often miraculous results that came. The bracha itself was the comfort. In this way, he walked in the steps of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who's Holoch L'Hagio Yisrael. Have a wonderful Shabbos. All the best. Thank you.